When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, oh, great crossover. Got it. <laughs> That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to the DC Crossover, episode number 90. I am Ben Simpson, that is Mike Cerrone. On this glorious uh, victory Monday, Michael, as uh, Viva... Las Vegas <laughs> as your Washington football team got it done in Sin City. It's the king. It's the king. It's the king. Viva Las Vegas and congratulations to the Washington football team for their fourth win in a row. We have a lot to talk about on this the King episode. Brian Johnson, the King Brian, Johnson. <laughs> the Brian Johnson, the King, the Goat. Uh, we have a lot to talk about on this one because we got Washington football team talk. We've got the Caps kind of. I, I, I won't even really necessarily call it a skid, but they have lost two of their last three. Um, so we are going to talk about that, and then the Wizards, another team um, that also has been losing a little bit lately as well. Um, the uh, news in Nats land as well, just very very. Insignificant news, but news nonetheless, as baseball has grinded to a halt. We're on the lockout right now, so the flurry of free agency moves have now led to us basically probably not getting any baseball news for at least a month, maybe two months, as the owners and the players try to figure out this lockout mess. Um, And then we've got, of course, our trivia and forecast, final lap, money line, all the good stuff on this episode. But before we get to all that, we did want to... You know, just briefly talk about here is, is we are in some of the uh, you know, one of my favorite times of the year, Mike. It is the holiday season here in December as we uh, record this in early December right now. And um, there's nothing better as you get closer and closer to the holidays. I mean, we've got our little fake tree up. We don't go with the, a real tree. We got a small fake tree with the lights and the ornaments. I bought a candle the other day that has like Christmas smells to it. Oh, a candle. Um We've got, I've been playing Christmas music and things like that. I mean, this is, 
I love this time of year, Mike, because you all, you have the sports side of things, but you also got just like there's something makes you feel good when it comes to the holiday season. Um, when when there's just there's just some things about it that just it's a little magical, Mike. I don't understand the asphyxiation with is asphyxiation a word or is it the that means it, like uh, choking to death? I think. Oh, yikes! Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's fix. Is it fixation? Is that yeah, what it's fixation? Yeah, there you I, go. I don't understand what asphyxiation always comes to my mind. For That's I, I need to go get checked out. That's a whole other thing you got to talk to somebody about. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so, uh, geez, I, I think I said that a few times on our show, and I don't think you corrected me. So <laughs> people probably listen like, oh my god, who are who is this guy? Uh, That's right. They don't come to you for their grammar advice. They come to you for their sports takes. Yeah, there's there, there's some words that are constantly in my vocabulary that. Honestly... Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, I've been broadcasting with you for a decade. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, I think I know some that are just like you know they're they're out there, but I just I, I just I keep rolling with them. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> right. uh, besides the point. Uh, so I don't know what the fixation is on uh, using a real tree. Uh, I just, right. I just don't see the, I, I mean, I just don't see the appeal of being Clark Griswold and going out and grabbing that real tree and then, you know, letting the branches, like I saw a video, uh, I think actually it might've been this morning where this guy went and got like some eight and a half foot tree and it like, it, it's like bent over just like it, just like in Christmas vacation. It's all right, bent right. over. And then he cut all the little yarn string things. And all of a sudden the branch is just like flung out like at like, like, like needles, uh, like freaking just flying. Yeah, it everywhere. gets everywhere. It gets in the sap. Yeah. From the, the sap. tree gets all stinky and gross. And, and like... we can't keep watering it. I didn't, I didn't want to have Christmas and have to keep watering a plant. Right. Like seriously. Right. it's, it's kind of, <laughs> and, and aren't, haven't we been told like, that there isn't enough trees left in the world or something like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, every winter we're, we're cutting, cutting them down, them down. <laughs> we're sticking them in our house. And then at the end of the Christmas season, they literally have a day where the trash people come and take your tree. Like there's a designated day. So you just put it out on the curb and the garbage people come and take your th- tree and throw it away. And it's like, why Why are we yeah. doing this? Go get a fake one. We have a fake one. It's like maybe like a third of the size of maybe like a real Christmas tree. But it does the job. How, how tall is it? How tall is um, it? Though? Is it a six footer? No, 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 no. Like a third of the height of a real tree. A real tree is probably what? Like, uh, I don't eight, know. Eight, I, eight I and a half. I think it's like eight and a half. Sure, eight and a half. So ours is probably like two or three feet. Like it's not. Okay. It's not that big. But it doesn't. It has enough room where we've got our little ornaments and it's got lights and. It just it does the job. We set it up in the in, in the corner and it looks nice. You still have room to put presents underneath. And it does it's plastic or whatever. So there are some sometimes there's the little quote unquote needles, not real needles, but they sometimes right. fall on the floor. You vacuum up vacuum them up, you're good to go. No sap. And you know what's the best part is? When January second hits I put it back in a box and put it up in the closet. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah, you don't have to lug it out to the street and have have some, some no. person come in there and put in a wood chipper. Uh, and yeah, then, no, no, you don't need all that. You don't need all that. I mean, my parents work. still get the real tree, and I'm always telling them, like, guys, why don't you just get a fake one? I mean, uh, you're getting up there in age. You're having to haul in a tree through the front door. <laughs> it's like makes me worried. You have to get Gus like, down the street to strap it to your car. It's yeah, like, man. I, I mean, nothing against the Christmas tree industry. We're not trying to shut you guys down, but I think it's kind of – I'm with you. I think it is useless at this point. And, you and don't the, need it. And I, I actually, so my mom, I wasn't going to put one up. I mean, I'm very festive, but at the same time, I don't sure. celebrate Christmas at my place. I go to right, right, places. Right, right. So it's like no one's coming in. And obviously, like my mom was like, hey, I got like a four foot tree or something like that. And I honestly was thinking it was a little bit bigger than it actually was when I took it out of the box. I was like, man, this <laughs> thing is a, 
thing is pretty small. Uh, but yeah, it's like a four foot tree, and I ended up buying some Christmas lights and and uh, yeah. some some little ornaments or whatever. So it's it's nice and all, but you know, and I like to turn turn the Christmas tree on like at night when you're just chilling, watching TV or something like that. For that's sure, nice and for stuff. sure. But that's the thing is, whenever I get a home, like a like a real big house, or not, I mean, I'm not gonna get a big house, but yeah, you know, okay. You know I, mean. I didn't realize. I guess all that ad money's going to you. <laughs> I haven't seen it done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not really coming through the, the mail mail lately, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, it's like whenever I get like an actual single family home, I want right. to get my dream Christmas tree. And I, I'm not like saying I'm thinking about this every single year, but yeah, my dream okay. Christmas tree is like one of those eight foot white ones. I like the sure. white ones because if you if you get one of those white classy. Ones that, yeah, the classy ones that you can put blue lights on it that like mesh together real well, or you can be really, really, you know, tech savvy and go get those lights that like you wrap around the tree and then you can control it with your phone and like do like different right. patterns. Have you seen those? It's crazy like ones. Like the smart light stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty. It's like pretty, zigzags pretty and stuff. It's crazy. Could, it's. I didn't necessarily picture you as the guy with the white tree and the and the and the crazy colors, but you know what? I like it. I mean, I like the idea. That I'm more traditional. I like. I mean, I don't want a real tree, but I would still still go with the fake tree. But my lights are pretty boring and and, and ornaments and things like that. You're but, one, you're, you're one of those 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 multicolored lights, aren't you? Go to your house and you'll have like a white baby grand piano, and you'll have the <laughs> white tree, and you're gonna just have all this artwork on the walls, and you're gonna be wearing a tux all the time. He's, are, are, he's are a classy are you, guy. Are you the rainbow colored lights? Um. Ours are just, I think the, ours are just like yellow or whatever, or whatever Ye yellow. Like light light is, whatever color light is. Like white? Like, <laughs> not white. It's like a mix between yellow and white, whatever. Okay. Like, okay. like, like light. <laughs> like a candle. You look at a candle, it's okay. not yellow, like, it's not like, white, it's like okay. somewhere in between. Okay, so you got like the normal, the normal like not Whatever the cheapest off, was, probably. The off-white, the off-white lights. Sure, sure. Yeah, because yeah. I think the blue ones are just so underrated because sure. it's just, like, more mellow, and everyone likes to get the green and the red, but I like the blue ones. The blue ones are just, you know, those things are fire. I blue mean, light Mike, that's what they call them. Yep, yep, but that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's my tree situation, though. That's my tree situation. So, uh, gotcha. you know, overall, uh, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty nice. I got the rope lights for my, I think I told you this before, I got the rope lights for right. my, uh, my balcony. Uh, and the funny thing is, is that, like I told you before, when I first moved in, uh, the squirrels ended up, we had right. the, squir the, the squirrel problem. Chewing and, through, uh, right? Yeah, they, they, they chewed like six like pieces of, uh, of, of uh, light. And uh, I mean, it was, it, was, it was cheaper lights, but I didn't think that I was going to have a squirrel issue where they started sawing through with their freaking teeth all the way through. <laughs> it, and it, it cost me 30 bucks to, to try to, I ended up screwing Amazon. So hopefully I, I said, hey, th these lights are defective. And I, I tried to send them back. And oh, Amazon doesn't care, man. I've, I've done that before <laughs> with stuff where it's like, I, yeah, I probably could have kept this. I, ra I wrapped them all up <laughs> acting. Like they I had were a like, guy, oh, uh, and I won't say his name, obviously, because like I don't know if this was a crime or not. But I had a guy who used to just he'd order TVs off Amazon and then say like, "Hey, it never showed up," and then they'd send another one. And he'd have two TVs. <laughs> oh man, that is. Oh my, my coworker the other day said, "Oh my gosh, you know, I I got the best email ever." They said just to keep the uh, whatever she ordered, and she was right. like, "No return necessary," blah blah blah, and she was like. I just got a free, and I was like, "Yeah, you need to do that." And she was like, "Well, I feel bad doing it." And I was like, "Amazon's making like billions, billions of dollars. Billions. <laughs> they don't, know. they don't care about your couch cushion. No, they really <laughs> don't. No, no, no. They don't. That's why it's not worth it to them to like deal with all that. They're just like, yeah, right. we don't even care. Like, you could probably. I mean, I'm not trying to advocate for any crimes <laughs> here, but I'm just saying, there's a lot you could get away with with Amazon, and we'll leave it on that. Uh, let's go move into the rewind. We got so much to talk about, um, but uh, let's start with the Washington Football Team. Uh, six and six now, second place in the NFC East, and beat the 
Las Vegas Raiders, Oakland no more, 17-15. Uh, this is four wins in a row. couple quick stats here. We'll talk about this more in the, in the segment about the team. But Heineke, 23 for 30, 196 yards, two touchdowns. He did have a bad interception. Uh, Antonio Gibson, the workhorse, 23 carries, 88 yards, also five catches for 23 yards and a touchdown. The guy has been electric. Logan Thomas, three catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. Um, at, at first, it seemed like, all right, he might be done for the year. They were thinking maybe MCL. Now, today, they've said it's not the MCL, but they're still trying to figure out the state of Logan Thomas and if he may be able to return because it would be great to have him back at least for playoff time. But it, they've already been missing him. Luckily, uh, you know, they've got some other guys like Ricky Seals-Jones that can fill the, the gap. John Bates, three catches, 42 yards. Adam Humphreys, four catches, 38 yards. Matt Ioannidis with a sack. John Allen, James Smith-Williams, each with half a sack. And Brian Johnson, the king, kicks a game-winning 48-yard field goal with 37 seconds left. We'll talk about all of that more in a bit. But let's rewind to the Washington Capitals previous week, Mike. So the Washington Capitals, obviously, like Ben alluded to earlier, they have lost two of their last three, but still stand at 15-4-6, and six, 33 points, first in the Metro Division. They're actually on a hot streak with the goal differential, which we will get into a little bit later briefly as well. But on Tuesday, they lost to Florida ugly third period i mean it was an ugly period i think they got outshot 22 to like three or something like that right in that period it was unbelievable caps gave up four goals in that third period lost to florida five to four not too too bad though you're gonna have some of those stinker ones that are just like i mean that was pretty fluky let's put it out let's put it that way because of the sole fact that you're not going to get outshot 21 to two uh, right. in, the, in the playoffs or something like that. So, you know, just give it up to a fluke loss and just go uh, with the flow there. Florida, I believe, for some reason, we keep playing the Florida Panthers for some reason, but overall, right. it's been one goal games pretty much every single time. So that's a pretty good little uh, rivalry we got going early on here. So the Caps gave up four goals in the third period. NHL teams have lost 303 consecutive games run trailing by three or more goals entering the third. The last team to do it, the Caps on January 18th, 2020 versus the Isles. So on Thursday, they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks in a shootout 4-3. to three. Once again, Vitek Vanacek. I don't know if he's the, the curse of the shootout or something like that for him. Uh, Patrick Kane uh, with the shootout winner. Caps 0-7 in their past, uh, or excuse me, in the game's past regulation in overtime. Uh, but the Caps blow another lead, and we're up 3-2 to two in that one. But overall, uh, it was not Vitek's fault. There was no goals scored for the Caps as well, so you have to give him that as well. Uh, Saturday, they did beat Columbus, though. Kind of got off the shine a little bit, 3-1. to one. Obi scores his 750th goal of his career, second fastest player to reach 750 behind Wayne Gretzky. He trails only Yamir Yager by 16 goals for third all-time, and he's got two more to catch Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Alexi Protas scores his second career goal, uh, Garnett Hathaway with an empty netter as well. Ilya Samsonov with his 10th win in 11 starts. He made 17 saves in that one. And TJ Oshie and Connor Sheary return with the Columbus Blue Jackets losing 3-1 to to our Washington Capitals. Now moving on to a team that is semi-struggling a little bit more than the Capitals have, the Washington Wizards. Yeah, the uh, Washington Wizards are definitely struggling, and we're going to talk about it for sure. Um, but as far as their past week, they started on Monday losing to the Spurs, 116-99. Uh, Beal with 18 points in that one, KCP with 17. Harrell only six points in this one, uh, and the Wizards give up 72 points in the paint. Wednesday, 
They did pick up at least one win this previous week, uh, and that was uh, against the T-Wolves, 115-107. Harrell, great comeback game for him, put up 27, Beal with 19. Gafford, 18-10 and 10 off the bench, and the Wiz outscored Minnesota uh, 68-44 uh, in the paint. Friday, lose to Cleveland, kind of a team that this team should be able to beat. They lose to Cleveland, 116-101. Uh, Cavs led big in the third quarter by 36 points in the third Denny was our high score. You know it's a bad night when Denny Avdia <laughs> is the Wizards' high score with 16 right. points. Nobody even got to the 20. Uh, KCP, Holiday, Harrell, and Bertans all with techs in this game. I think Cleveland got a tech as well. I mean, it was they were handing out techs left and right. It was a wild night of basketball, and the Wizards end up on the losing end. And then Sunday, losing to a Toronto team, again, that's not in the playoff picture right now. I know it's early in the season, but this, this Toronto team's not – Great. Um, 102-90. Pascal Siakam had himself a night, 31 points. The Wiz only scored 12 points in that first quarter. They got off to that bad start, and they really weren't able to rebound from that quarter, pretty much. And uh, with this loss, they've lost seven of their last 11 games. And then the last note here, just the Washington Nationals, since you know we haven't been talking baseball, really, with the offseason, and the Nats haven't really done anything. Well, they did uh, towards the, I guess, at the very end of the month and beginning of December. They did finally make a move. They signed second baseman Cesar Hernandez uh, to a one-year, $4 million deal. This guy's been around a while. I mean, I remember him a lot when he was on Cleveland um, and the Phillies. He was a Philly for a long time, so he, we, we've seen him in this NL East before. Um, and uh, decent 2021, 232 average, 21 bombs, 62 RBI, uh, good for a 694 OPS. He did. Uh, he's a switch hitter. He won the Gold Glove at second base in 2020 for Cleveland. Uh, but he can play around. He can play third. He can play short. He can play outfield. So for the Nats, this could be a possibly a leadoff, top of the lineup type guy. Um, so the move went a little under the radar just because Cesar Hernandez is not Max Scherzer or Javi Baez right, or any right. of those other guys. But I think this move makes sense. For the Nats, and it shores up their middle infield a little bit, adds another option. Um, and so, and, I mean, I like the move. I like the move. I'm not going to not like it. It's one year, $4 million. I mean, might as well take a flyer on the guy who was a gold glover two years ago. So um, that was the Washington Nationals news. And like I said at the top of the show, probably won't get much baseball news for a while because <laughs> this lockout is, uh, yeah, it's going to last a little bit. First one since 89, I believe. So we'll see what happens I wasn't there. wasn't born then. Yeah, neither yeah, neither would I. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing is what we're hoping for just as baseball fans is we just want the season to start on time because there's nothing worse than um, having a short – I mean, I remember with the NBA season, this was like maybe 10 years ago. I remember the NBA had players had a lockout, and they didn't start the season until I think like Christmas or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but the season was shortened to like 60 games, which actually – I'm in favor of shortening 82 games down to 60, I'll be honest. Um for for the NBA and for hockey, to be honest, but uh, that's sure. a whole other conversation. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens with baseball. There's a lot of moves there. We'll talk about some of them in a bit. But let's go back to the victory this team got on Sunday. We're talking football. The Washington Football Team. The Washington Football Team beat the Raiders seventeen fifteen on the road. A tremendous win. This was one of those games, I think you and I last week were kind of saying, a little bit of a toss-up. 
Um, I think the line was like even, or it was Raiders um, favored by point, and then it was like Reds, uh, Redskins, Washington football team like favored by point. It was very close, and ended, the game ended proved, at one ended at one and a half for the Raiders. There you go, and the game you know ended up being kind of proving that at seventeen fifteen it was a close one. Um, just a couple things to throw at you: Washington football team on third down seven for thirteen. Great day with that. Time of possession, this team led 33 uh, minutes, 43 seconds to 26 minutes, 17 seconds. Um, you know, this uh, this is a fourth time in five games that this team held its opponents to under 20 points. And I believe the fifth one where they didn't hold them under, I think it was like 21 points. So it's like this, right. this defense has really stepped up. And then, of course, uh, everything all culminated in this eight-play, 44-yard drive. And that's where I want to start as far as, like, Brian Johnson goes um, because this team at the kicking position has not had much luck, Mike. I mean, we had Hopkins um, and let him go. You brought in, blew it. He (laughs) blew it. You brought in Joey Sly. He gets hurt. And now this is a fourth kicker we've seen uh, this year. And the cool thing with Brian Johnson, he's a local guy. I mean, he a native of Bethesda. He went to Gonzaga High School in D.C. He kicked for Virginia Tech. Um, and this was his, I think, fifth uh, NFL game. Um, he did play for the Saints back in week 7 through 10. He went 8 for 8 on field goals but missed three extra points. So it was one of those things where it's like, all right, you're getting a guy that hasn't missed from field goals, but he's missing the chip shot extra points. What are we going to get here? And right. he had a great day. Didn't miss an extra point. Nailed the the game-winning field goal. That's got to feel great for Brian Johnson and uh, a great drive to end the game there, Mike. But watching the game, what were some of your key takeaways from this one? Well, just adding to the Brian Johnson comment that you made, I mean, literally kicking is you – know, people think kicking is so easy for some reason. Now – Kicking has to be uh, – to be a kicker, I'm not saying the punter, to be a kicker for field goals. I mean, because there are certain teams out there that actually have uh, kickoff specialists, and those right. guys go out there just to boot the hell out of the ball. The Lions used to do that. They used to have – Jason Hansen would kick the field goals, but somebody else would do – I believe the punter would do the kickoffs because he just – that was just his thing. He liked right, to, right. Know, he was better at that or whatever. Yeah, and, and so, so some of those guys just go out there to boot the hell out of the ball and keep it in bounds. Uh, and make sure there are touchbacks. But then there's also other guys that just specialize uh, in field goals and so on and so forth, as you just mentioned uh, with the Lions. But that's the thing is people think that, you know, field goals are so easy to make. Not everyone is an Adam Vinatieri. Not everyone's right, right. Justin Tucker. You know, not everyone is a Sebastian Janikowski. You know, and I don't even know Sebastian Janikowski's, you know, his stats, but I know that he used to be able to kick like 68 yarders. Sure, sure. But that's the thing is that it's not an easy job. People think it's an easy job. And for him to go out there and basically his first meaningful field goal, uh, you know, because obviously field goals mean something during the game. But when you're going out there with 40 seconds left, you make it, you have a great chance of winning or you miss it. And people just get pissed more and more because this kicking situation hasn't solved itself. I mean, to go out there and have the kahunas that he did to go make that field goal, I mean, on the road, that is a huge deal. Now, I'm not saying huge. this guy's, you know, the next <laughs> great kicker, uh, but at the same time, you know. We don't him- even need that. This team doesn't even need a great – they just need a good kicker. That's all yeah. they need. They don't need somebody great. They just need a guy to, like, hey, make more than you miss. Make right. your extra points. Call it a day. That's all this team needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we just don't want the situations – 
And that's the thing about Dustin Hopkins. It's just a tad, uh, just to have a little tidbit on him is yeah. that's why people did not like him that much. Where the sole fact of him going out there and missing extra points when that would have tied the game in the fourth quarter or something of that nature. It wasn't like his stats were horrible. It was more so the timing of the misses. And that's the biggest right. thing with Brian Johnson going out there and actually making this kick is that this was for basically the win. You had 40 seconds left. The Raiders had about a timeout left, I believe, and they weren't really throwing the ball that well for the most part, especially because they didn't have Darren Waller out there. Uh, we, for some reason, couldn't uh, guard Hunter Renfro to save our lives, uh, right. but we ended up taking the W. Just overall, I think that the Brian Johnson situation, that was awesome to see because I kind of scared my girlfriend a little bit because I was watching the game, and she was in the kitchen. Uh, we were also watching the Steelers game because that's, that's her team. Uh, but, like, I went nuts. I was like, I, like, screamed out loud. And she was like, okay, calm down. Uh, <laughs> you know, because but I, but I, I mean, the thing was that she thought that our game was kind of the same time as the Steelers. Like, there was, like, 11 minutes left in the Steelers game. She was like, she thought it was, like, a regular field goal. And I was like, no, we just went ahead. You know, like, uh, just kind of get going crazy because I wasn't expecting him to make it, to be honest with you. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, you don't expect a guy in that situation, like you said, to come in and be put in a position where you're kicking half the field, basically, to, uh, and with the game on the line, he misses that, it's over. I mean, 40 seconds, uh, Raiders would have just kneeled a couple times and win the yeah. ball game. So it's like this was the game in his hands, a guy that hasn't – who was signed on the from the Bears practice squad on Tuesday. Most of the players on Washington football team probably didn't even know this guy's first name um, for, for, for days because he's so new. And it's it's I mean, it's a lot to come into a new organization where it hasn't even been a week since you've become a Washington football team member. And suddenly the game and this win streak and the division, everything is suddenly in your hands uh, or your foot, really. And you get it done. And that's that's something where you got to hand it to the guy. Um, to be able to come into that situation. That's why the kickers are kind of a little bit of a different breed. I mean, I put MLB closers in that as well, where True. you have such a specialized skill and, like, uh, your... Very short leash. Yeah, short leash and, like, I mean, you, you only get so many opportunities, just like a closer. You only get so many blown saves before you're gone. Um, and so with this, it's unless you're Drew Storen, he got a few more chances than he should have. But, uh, but no, but, you know... With kickers, it's the same thing. We Think about this. I mean, again, we're on our fourth kicker. Now, one was by injury, but the other two were just not getting the job done. And yeah. so to also come in that situation, you're like, hey, I'm the fourth kicker this season. Um, I only am going to have a couple opportunities. If he Now, here's the question. If he misses that, I don't think we automatically cast him out. Yeah. I don't think this team automatically says, all right, you missed the 48-yarder, you're done. Um, but... I think the leash would have been shorter. I think he comes next game and let's say he misses another one or something like that. Then you suddenly start going, maybe this isn't the guy. But by kicking that 48-yarder, I think he's at least bought himself, uh, hopefully barring injury, um, maybe even the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure uh, with Joey Sly coming back. Because right. Joey Sly is obviously True. a more proven veteran. But the biggest thing, and also Joey Sly, I believe, has a bigger leg. But that's the thing is when it comes down to, as you just mentioned, him buying himself another week. Like, yeah, you know, at not, least. I mean, you, at least there will be a conversation or yeah, a debate about exactly. what to do. And that's yeah. the thing. You're not going to sit there and have this debate of, well, you know, 
does he really you know have ha- have the balls basically to go out there and do that again against the Cowboys or something like that like in Dallas or in Philly or wherever if the game is on the on the line who knows and that's the thing is what I said is it's a short leash because of the sole fact that you're looking at guys like Roberto Aguayo I mean I mentioned him in the past episodes he was with Tampa and they drafted him in like the second round he was one the of the best, best kickers to come out of college yeah I, mean, I, I, bl- I believe he was time, actually yeah. I, yeah I think at the time the, he, the best. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He was, I believe, at the time, if I'm not mistaken, the best college kicker out of Florida State to yeah. ever come out of the NCAA. And that's the biggest thing is he flamed out because he just couldn't handle the pressure or just couldn't. It's it's one of those jobs, like you mentioned. And by the way, just to mention, it was you and you said Drew Storen. Henry Rodriguez, anybody? I mean, let's be honest right. here. That guy literally threw hit, hit the backstop more than he hit the catcher's mitt. Um, oh, yeah. But that's the thing is you're looking at – uh, guys that have those short leashes and kickers are like that because when they come in, it's not like a quarterback where they bring in a couple quarterbacks and they're like, oh, it's a competition between three guys. No, they bring in like 10 kickers and like right. who, who, can, who can make the most kicks out of 10? Like, let's see who, and then you flip a coin basically. And um, it's almost mental versus physical where the, a yeah. lot of the other positions on the field, it's really about, you know, the physical play and what you can do physically. And kickers, yeah, there's a physical element. Obviously, you got to kick at 50 yards or whatever, but mentally, you have to be really, really, really solid right. um, versus some of the other positions on the field, for sure. And, and that's something that you're also looking at is the the kickers in the game now are usually, you know, besides like Justin Tucker, uh, who I think is he's, he has to be younger than 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 third his thirty. I, th- I, w- I thought he was like twenty seven, twenty eight. I don't know exactly what he is, but he's one of the, if not already, the best kicker ever. In he's thirty two. Okay, 32. Okay, well, he looks a lot younger. So, anyways. Right, right. Usually, compliment to you, Justin Tucker. You compliment young. to you, Mr. Tucker. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is uh, you look at, like, Brian McManus. You look at Matt Prater, who used to be on the Lions for a, for a long oh, time. Yeah. Those Prater's guys still kicking it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those guys are, like, 46, you know, <laughs> basically. Like, Adam Van Terry he had great hair. He could make a great living, man. He could make a great <laughs> living as a kicker. Yeah. Even, like you said, you could be kicking into your late 40s. <laughs> I know, seriously. It's like all, all you need to do is make a 50-yarder as your max, and you're good to go. And that's the thing is uh, – I just think that the kicking game is so important. But moving on from the kicking game, because Brian Johnson, he's not the biggest guy of this uh, of this team right now for uh, this big W. I think because I said it on the, uh, the the NFL pregame show for the Contender. Again, download the Contender app, the Contender on Twitter, right. and also download their app, the Contender with a K, and you can listen to all the live streams and all the podcasts and everything like that. So I was on there uh, with James Flippin and also with Joe from the Defeating the Curse podcast. And we were talking about it, and I mentioned that the time of possession has been, and I've told you multiple times now already, the time of possession has increased so drastically to the point where these, I mean, these games are getting so fast because we're running the ball like crazy. Antonio Gibson now is leading the NFC in rushing, and that's the biggest thing. We we never thought that would even happen. He's leading Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott. He's passed all them. And that's the thing is they're handing him the rock a lot more. They were leaning on J.D. McKissick, who we didn't have this this past game, uh, as the pass catching back. And also, Henry Gibson was actually getting a lot more targets uh, last week too. So you're looking at it and saying this time of possession, they're just moving the chains. They're taking the pre- pressure off of Heineke. He will go out there and make a play or two. I think overall, I think the offense has improved more than the defense. Even though the points production isn't there, I think the offense has uh, has improved a lot more than, than the defense, mainly because they changed their game plan. Antonio Gibson was probably getting, I, now I don't know this for a fact, but he was probably getting, what, maybe 15, 20 touches a game. Now he's getting the ball, you know, just in rushing attempts 15 to 20 times and then catching about another four or five balls or getting at least some targets. So that's right. the biggest thing is, 
they changed their game plan. It's working. They're moving the change. Uh, change, excuse me. And I wish that Logan Thomas did not get hurt. Now, again, like you mentioned earlier, we don't know his timetable yet. Uh, we did get some good news that it wasn't a torn ACL, supposedly. Um, but he is a chain mover, too. He's also a big weapon as well. So when you're looking at this team, I think that the offense has improved with their game plan changing and do going with a weapon like Antonio Gibson and sticking with him on the ground, making sure that we're, we're controlling the clock. Against Tampa, we had 20 more minutes time of possession. Against Carolina, we had 18 minutes more time of possession. Against uh, who was the who was the last one we had? Um, that, uh, Seattle, we had 23 more minutes time of possession. And against the right. Raiders, we had eight more minutes. Now that's obviously less than what we've had, uh, but that's that's the thing is that you're looking at this team and eight minutes is over half a quarter. So oh yeah, when, it's huge. When you're controlling the ball that much, I mean, I and I mentioned it on the pregame show as well. That when RG3, now RG3 is in the news, and we're not talking about that right now, right. but when RG3 was doing his rookie campaign and they were doing that, that, that RPO stuff, his biggest thing was controlling the clock. Him and Alfred Morris were running the ball down people's throats, confusing defenses left and right, and that's why our defense was one of the top 10 that season. And then all of a sudden, RG3 can't run anymore the next season. Our defense goes from like, you know, 11th or something like that overall, all of a sudden to like 30th. And that's the thing. When you control the ball, your defense is off the field. They're looking at film. They're getting coached. They're getting all that kind of stuff. But when you go three and out and you can't sustain drives like we did early on in the season and you're keeping your defense out there, all, I mean, they're not getting adjustments done. They're not learning what their coverages are that they need to, that they need to adjust to or whatever it may be. But when you're controlling that ball, you're keeping the offense of the other team off the field. Seattle couldn't score. They couldn't They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. They couldn't make <laughs> a sandcastle if they are at the beach. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, I'm trying to figure out something else besides the water sure. on the boat thing. But, uh, yeah, sure, that didn't make any sense. Uh, but uh, that's the biggest thing is they couldn't do anything, and then all of a sudden they go out and score 30 or whatever it was against San Fran. But we control the ball against them, and our defense, I would say, is – I don't know, without Chase Young, without Landon Collins yesterday, so on and so forth. I mean, they have Nick Bosa. They got some other guys on San Fran that actually can do work. And that's the thing is, I just think that the time of possession is the biggest deal for this team because we are controlling the ball. We're having the pressure alleviated off of Heineke. And that's the big thing is he's not taking those chances like he did early on in the season, trying to chuck it downfield or trying to make something happen when the run game is taking most of the burden off his shoulders. I think the most impressive thing is the fact that this defense, especially where they started at the beginning of the year, where we were uh, rightfully so criticizing guys like Jack Del Rio and things like that because the defense just wasn't solid. And then look right, at right. where they are now. I mean, they right now, rushing-wise, uh, right now are the fourth-best uh, defense when it comes to rushing yards. So they're shutting down the running game. Receiving game, still giving up a lot of a lot of uh, yards, unfortunately. Um, but kind of in the middle of the pack, where at the beginning of the season they were, uh, well, actually they're they're really lower in the uh, rankings right now. So a little little lower than that you'd like them to be, but still, right. um, shutting down the the game at times and and stepping up when they need to. And I mean, only giving up 15 points. Uh, and and one key note of that, Derek Carr, who came into this game um, leading the league in passing yards. Uh, averaging 310 passing yards a game, we held them to tw 234 yards, no passing touchdowns. That's impressive. Holding Josh Jacobs, yeah. one of the best running backs in the league, to 52 yards. So the fact that this team is able to do this without 
Chase Young, without Montez Sweat. You mentioned no Landon Collins uh, in this one either, who had been really great. So they're they're able to get this done without some of the quote unquote key playmakers, and the defense has stepped up and, and has gotten the job done, and that's that's really impressive. The time of possession stuff as well, like you said, um, you look at back at the first few games of the year when they were losing, and they were losing the possession battle by 12, 14 minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you know that sort of thing. So third downs especially. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and look at that, 7 for 13 this past game on third Huge, downs yeah. by his offense. So there, everything is clicking. I think Heineke, uh, not his best game. Um, the pick, again, you could debate, all right, well, yeah, he was hit on the arm, but did that affect the throw? It didn't look to me that it really affected the throw, but I don't know. I wasn't, I'm not Taylor Heineke. I don't know what that does to me when I do get hit on the arm as I'm throwing that because sometimes when those guys get hit in the arm, it, it's an obvious uh, where the ball just completely changes trajectory or something like that. This one, it, it just looked like a bad throw to me. Um, a, probably a throw that he shouldn't have made. But, um, you know, he, so he does throw the pick, but at the same time, still a good, decent game from Heineke. Uh, and everything else just worked out for this team uh, without. J.D. McKissick, who's kind of the big third down back, you bring in Wendell Smallwood, Mike. I don't know if you have him on your fantasy team, but <laughs> former um, Eagle, former Eagle, three carries, twenty-five yards. You gotta love that. Uh, the Logan Thomas injury is unfortunate, but Ricky Seals Jones supposedly will be back next game. Um, who has had some nice moments this year. So yeah. this team's clicking. Four wins in a row. Where did Smallwood go to college? Did he go to like Harvard? Uh, let's see. It's, 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 it sounds it sounds like he he would be like a, like a dorm would be named after him like it is Smallwood Hall like something he like actually that. went to uh, West Virginia West oh Virginia. Uh, yeah, complete opposite selected in the uh, fifth <laughs> round yeah <laughs> there you go uh, shout out to the West Virginia listeners of the show fifth round 2016 draft by the Eagles like you said um, so yeah it's been super impressive love this streak but. Man, is Sunday a huge game now. Oh, yeah. Because uh, if we take a look at the current NFC East standings, Cowboys uh, Cowboys uh, leading the NFC East there at 8-4. and four. They're the fourth seed right now in the NFC. Washington football team, 6-6. Six and six. They've jumped into the sixth seed spot, and then the Eagles, and then the Giants. But NFC as a whole, you got the top three spots, top three, four spots kind of staying pat is what they were last week. Cardinals, Green Bay, Tampa, Dallas. Those are the four division uh, leaders right now. And then you have the three wild card spots. And right now you have Rams, eight and four. Washington football team has moved in to the wild card spot there with six wins. And then San Fran at six and six as well, taking that seven spot. And yeah, they got, have a tiebreaker. You know, a handful of teams there are Eagles, Saints, Vikings, Panthers, Falcons. But um, this, this game is huge, Mike. A win puts this team, I believe, a half game behind the Cowboys, I think. Uh, by uh, it, it, I saw a tweet today saying that, I guess, by. Um, I don't know, mathematics. <laughs> I don't know. Math- I think a win, <laughs> a win makes them a half game back. I don't quite know how that works if the Cowboys are 8-5 and, and this team is 7-6 at that point. Like, well, how that works, but whatever. Um, it could be it, it could be because they maybe because they own the tiebreaker possibly. I'm not exactly sure. Because I don't, right, I don't that's the reason why they're above San Fran right now as a conference right. record. But right. It must I'm be just, that. Um, but regardless, this is a huge game. They obviously they still have two games against the Cowboys left this season, and this is a big one because they win this. Suddenly, we're thinking not only wild card team, we're thinking possibly defending the division. 
um, which is not something we thought would even be possible four weeks ago. Right. Uh, but the Cowboys are kind of hit or miss right now, winning a game, losing a game, kind of going back and forth. And uh, this team now has rattled off four wins in a row. It's crazy to think, Mike, this team was two and six at one point. Th- yeah. And we were basically, just like every other fan, was like, all right, they're done. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And uh, it's crazy how football works like this sometimes. Well, I, I mean, honestly, the I, hunt. I think the biggest thing looking into this week is everyone has to monitor J.D. McKissick and Landon Collins. Landon Collins right. needs to be in there for this game because he needs tackling. Okay, We all need tackling, especially with Tony Pollard and how fast he is. You need to get guys down. And right now he is one of those guys that's a front seven guy, inside the box tackler. We need a sure tackler in there because we miss a lot of tackles, uh, Jim sure. and Davis especially, uh, this past week. But also we need to hope and pray that J.D. McKissick it can play because we need that type of guy coming out of the backfield because I understand that Antonio Gibson has been dominating on the ground but he needs some breaks every now and then and we need oh, yeah. to they're gonna run him into the ground I mean he already has what a broken leg and he's playing on or something right, I right. mean yeah, just... you can't if he gets hurt this 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 that will that would be just absolutely disastrous for this team. There's no other Antonio Gibson really on this team right now. Right. Jared uh, Jared Patterson's not ready. <laughs> you know, like right, some right. of those guys are just not. They're not ready to fill those shoes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just I'm just hoping that if we can monitor, like I said, monitor those two guys, Logan Thomas most likely out. Uh, so we'll put it that way. Right. But I just think that we need that other option coming out of the backfield, like I said before, to control that clock, move the chains. J.D. McKissick doesn't have to have some high-flying play. We need him to get four or five catches, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, average, you know, six yards for each catch. We need to, right. like I said, we need to move the train chains. Have Adam Humphreys in there getting those moving the chains as he did a few times this past game. Just go out there and hopefully Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel actually said this past week that he feels the best he has all season. So that's a good sign as well. Uh, but we nice. just. We just need uh, as as full strength as possible. Uh, pray that there's no injuries during the week. Um, but I'm kind of surprised that they didn't move this game to uh, like a 4:20 start. But uh, I don't know. I think there's that might be scheduling conflict, something like that. But I mean, this game is probably one of the most important games so far to to this to this point in the season. I mean, right. obviously Especially in, the, in the NFC, in, in the NFC, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, San Fran and Seattle that was an important game last night, and they were in the afternoon slot. Now, obviously, they're more West Coast, but at the same time, you got you got to look at some of these games that have prime time games up there. You don't want to have uh, you know, Jacksonville, Arizona, or something like that being on the same you don't time. Want slot. Lions and uh, Dolphins. Hey, go Detroit! Go Detroit! We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, But we'll move briefly to the Caps. We'll spend about five minutes with the Caps, and then we got to move on. We've spent a lot of time on the Washington. Rightfully so. They deserve it. Four-game win streak. Huge game. And here's the thing. NFL season, so short. These games have such bigger impact. We're going to spend more time than the Caps or the Wizards who are on month like two or three of a six-month season. You know, it's just going to be the case. Uh, But let's talk briefly, Caps. The Washington Capitals. So the Caps still in great shape. As Mike pointed out when he was going over the games, I mean, still first place in the Metro. Um, I mean, this this team is still playing well. You're getting some guys back from injury now, like TJ Oshie and uh, Backstrom's timetable. I think he'll be slowly incorporated um, back in. Uh, but I, I, I guess I just wanted to point out one of the stats that you mentioned in the rewind that I think is worth noting, and that is this team has yet to win in a game that has gone to overtime or shootout or anything past regulation. They still haven't 
one. And while right. I don't necessarily think that's a huge deal because they're still winning other games in their first place, and, I mean, this is clearly not a giant issue, but I'm wondering if maybe down the line this could become a problem as far as not only blowing leads but not being able to get it done in anything past three periods. Do you agree? Do you think that it could also be an issue, or is it more of like, Man, it's still early. Who really cares? They're going to get an OT win here at some point. It's not that big of a deal. Well, the, the, the biggest thing is that the Caps, and now, again, I don't have specific figures on this, but the Caps have always, in my opinion, have been not great shootout. Uh, or <laughs> that's, not even, that's not even a sense. Not a great shootout organization. With the lineup they have, TJ Oshie is obviously their best shootout guy. Nick Backstrom is always on the shootout roster as well, but he hasn't been there. I'm sure Anthony Mantha possibly might be on there as well uh, if he's playing, uh, possibly if they get to more than three shooters. Uh, Ovechkin is a sniper. Ovechkin's not a dangler. He's not, he's not a puck handler that is going to you know, you know, dangle you to death and somehow make you do the splits and just and go top shelf. I mean, he can. He, I mean, he's one of the best ever to play. But he's more of a sniper. And if Genny Kuznetsov is good, but he's not like a premier shootout type guy. Right. The, when it comes down to the caps, I'm not worried about it because you still are getting a point. Now, if, if we won, say, half, half those. So right now we have th- six overtime losses. Okay. That leads the, the entire uh, Eastern Conference. I don't know about the Western Conference, but that leads the entire Eastern Conference right now. Say we win three of those. That's three extra points. That means we have 39 points and we would le- be leading the conference in points. Uh, we're only one point back of the Panthers, but you're looking at it and saying our goal differential is still uh, uh, tied for first in the Eastern Conference at plus 26. I believe we are uh, tied for second in the entire NHL, only behind the Calgary Flames. Uh, I don't even know who Calgary Flames who the Calgary Flames are. They're out in can- Canada. I don't watch their games. Right, right. I didn't know they're. I didn't know they're still a team. Um, <laughs> but uh, at, the, <laughs> at the same time, uh, you're looking at it and just saying, I don't think it's going to be an issue because. It's, I mean, do theory. I mean, I hate saying do theory. I never actually say it. I just hear a lot of people say it. But do theory, okay? You're not going to go out there and lose all these overtime games sure. uh, that that you that you're in. I mean, because you know when push comes to shove, most of the time we're scoring you know three to four a night at least. And typically, when you're seeing Sam Sonal go out there and, and be a stone wall in most of the games he's had as of as of late, I mean, you're not going to get to overtime. So. Yes, six overtime losses is kind of concerning a little bit. Uh, but when you look at the overall record, I mean, they're dominant at home, 8-1-4, and 7-3-2 away. So that's still pretty good as well. Uh, but they're 6-2-2 two two in the last 10. Again, if you look at the points, that's 14 points in their last 10 games. If you're averaging at least a point a, a game, you can take that. Now, it's not going to propel you in the standings as much as you would like. Um, because say that's against the division rival, say it's against the Rangers or whoever it may be, uh, the, the Hurricanes, or even when the Pens uh, get fully healthy and they start to surge a little bit more. When it comes down to those games, they gain a point on you still. I mean, yes, you still get a point, like I mentioned, but at the same time, you have to go out there and start winning some of these overtime losses. So I don't think I would hit the panic button when it comes down to these overtime losses. I would just say, 
uh, maybe you know, you know, put someone else in the net <laughs> than Vitek right. Vanacek, who's uh, not doing so hot as we mentioned before. But overall, look <laughs> at the goal differential. The goal differential is fine. Uh, you know, and Backstrom, like I said, is usually on the shootout team. So if he's not playing, then obviously, you know, it, it's not going to be you know, favorite favoritism or favorites. Uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. I think I'm trying to add. <laughs> I'm doing that vocabulary thing again, where I'm adding words together, which make no sense. I need um, to get you a, a word of the day calendar for 2022. Okay. And then, and then you got to work in, work it in every episode In every episode. I think then, I'm going to look at it. And then you that. have to guess what word it is. That's true. Oh, I'll know. Cause it'll be something <laughs> like I've never heard you say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, we'll amphibious. We'll, we'll, we'll look into that. Yeah, yeah. He's really playing uh, like a real amphibious guy out there. Um, yeah, the Caps. No, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's a giant concern. It's just when a team's in first place, you can only have so many gripes, and uh, it's just one that I wanted to point out. And then last note on the Caps is just uh, Backstrom has been cleared for contact. Um, and obviously we'll have to kind of see how Laviolette uh, utilizes him in the lineup and um, how much playing ice time he's going to get and all that sort of stuff. Something to keep an eye out for. Um, luckily, being in first place, it allows you um, the ability to really take your time uh, yeah, bringing yeah. Backstrom in, which is probably what we both expect them to do. So um, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that and we'll probably talk about it a little bit more next episode as we back from finally maybe starts getting some ice time. Uh, the Wizards, real quick, just falling back to earth, really, uh, after their hot start of the to the year. Um, some of the numbers have, have dipped, and it's been a little bit of a struggle of late, but every team kind of goes through highs and lows throughout a season. Uh, we'll see how this week goes, and if they continue to struggle, then it will definitely be a talking uh, point next episode. Uh, but we got to move on here. NFC Davis East. Bertans. Davis yes, Bertans. Davis Bertans, man. Biggest waste in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> NFC East roundup. Uh, Eagles and Jets. Uh, Eagles got the win, which still puts them in possible playoff hopes. Still but really outperforming uh, some of the predictions on how they would do this season. They're now 6-7. and seven, but They beat a bad Jets team, but Gardner Minshew. Uh, was able to start uh, for the injured Jalen Hurts and had himself a day. Mike, 20 for 25, 242 yards, two touchdowns. Great tweet going around, video of him hugging his dad after the game. Yeah. Uh, good for him, man. I, you always root for the guys that, like, hey, look, uh, he had kind of a, a a little bit of spark back when he was on Jacksonville, right, um, and had some nice moments and then kind of fell off, and now he's getting another chance. Um, and, hey, maybe – if he uh, opens some eyes, maybe he'll get a chance with another team. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is kind of the quarterback for the future for the Eagles, but you never know, Mike. You never know for a guy like Gardner Minshew, one of the best names in the NFL. <laughs> maybe not best, but weirdest uh, names in the NFL. <laughs> Weird, yeah. I always think of Cashew. Um, right. But uh, anyways, yeah, I, I think that – I don't think Gardner Minshew is a starter now. He hasn't really played right. for a team so far – uh, or at least started for a team so far that actually has weapons that you can see what you have. Um, but the thing is, you know, he did well for the Jags in times. Uh, and obviously this past week he did well for the Eagles. I just think that when you're looking at Gardner Minshew, you have to assess how you actually think he would be as a starter. Now, can he be a sort of Tyrod Taylor type guy where you can go out there and have a chance to win, uh, you know, uh, time in and time again? Uh, you know, uh, I just think that, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to pick up a job because all these quarterbacks that are coming out, Kenny Pickett, uh, Matt Corral, all these guys that are going to be drafted this past se or this next season, 
I just think that's going to be hard for him to find a job. But, hey, best job in all of sports is a backup quarterback. Sure. You don't get hit in practice, and you don't play, and you still make money. And he's only 25. So, you know, could be around for a while. Could be. I mean, heck, look. Andy Dalton is like a career backup guy, and he's getting opportunities there in Chicago. Um, so you never know. Uh, Cowboys beat the Saints. That was all the way back on Thursday night. Um, Taysom Hill with one of the ugliest quarterback bad, performances man. you'll see. He is so bad. 19 for 41 with four interceptions. It was disgusting uh, for Taysom Hill there. <laughs> um, so it's like, yeah, Cowboys, good win for them, but a lot of it was on Taysom Hill in that one. Uh, Giants lose to Dolphins. Dolphins are kind of a weird team to watch because like, they'll look really, really bad one week, and then suddenly Tua's looking great, Waddle's looking great. Um, you know, they have they have a couple playmakers on that Dolphins team, um, and they beat Mike Glennon uh, and the Giants. Uh, Glennon, 23 for 44, 187 yards, zero touchdowns. Saquon Barkley, officially, Mike, a bust. 11 carries, 55 yards, no touchdowns. I'm telling you, I'm giving up on Saquon Barkley. Do not pick him in fantasy football. Well, that's the funny thing is that everyone still says, oh, you know, Saquon's so much better. Wait, what has Saquon done? Like I, I understand he gets he's gotten hurt a few times, but at least when McCaffrey is in the game, he has no other weapons. I mean, Robbie Anderson maybe, uh, but you're looking at the the Panthers. The Panthers they are a huge different, or a, I should say a more different team when CMC is not on the field because when he is on the field, he does everything for them. He they, the oh, offense yeah. goes Dynamic. through him. But Saquon is out there. I mean. He doesn't do anything. He averages like 50 yards a game and 12 carries. He might get a catch or two here and there, and then he and, he, and then he hurts his hamstring. It's like nothing ever helps with Saquon. I don't understand why everyone is so you know, Saquon's you know top five back. Like everyone thinks Zeke is a top five back, but Zeke hasn't really done anything. I yeah, mean, Zeke struggled uh, of late. It's, yeah, it's, oh I mean Zeke gosh. was top top five back like a couple of years ago. But yeah, I'm with you, Saquon. You can't. Here's the thing. Like you can't give him credit for stats that he doesn't have because he was injured. So, like, all right, he was injured, so he missed time and wasn't able to to do to accumulate stats. He's not injured now, in theory, and he's still only getting, like, 50 yards and no touchdowns and things like that. And it's like, all right, so are you saying if he wasn't injured, his stats would be incredible? It's like, we well, right. can't give him credit for things he hasn't done. So, he's in my eyes, he's a bust. Um Forecast ahead for the teams here in the District of Champions. Washington football team plays on Sunday, as we mentioned. 1 p.m. game against the Cowboys. I don't know yet if we're doing any post-game stuff or anything like that, but stay tuned on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at uh, and then the Contender Twitter uh, to stay up to date with that. Uh, and then the Caps have a three-game slate here, Monday versus Anaheim, uh, then a lengthy break. They don't play again until Friday. They've got uh, Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, and Saturday at Buffalo. Yeah, it's going to be an, uh, a big Friday night game for sure. And then the Wizards have a three-game slate that they should come away with a couple wins. Uh, they're at Indiana on Monday. They're at Detroit on Wednesday. And then Saturday they've got the Jazz. So if you're the Wizards, you have to win Indiana and Detroit game. Utah, toss-up, but you have to win those other two. I know they're on the road, but Pistons are, are really, really bad, trust me. And then Indiana has not been good either. So you got to win those games and get back on track. Currently five-and-a-half-point dogs against Indiana tonight. Wow. Yep, five-and-a-half-point dogs. DraftKings, our sponsor for the money line. Wow. Cha-ching is uh, yeah. having a boost for the Washington-Indiana game. 50% wow. profit boost, and I put I, – I, I took the spread. I took the spread, and I added some points on there because at five and a half, they must know something. Uh, but at the same yeah. time, I mean, I I took a I took a bet on them, but I'm not going to go straight up. I guess it's back-to-back, back, so Dinwiddie won't play. 
But Beal should be playing, and it's not like Dinwiddie's done a ton lately anyway. So that's interesting. That's interesting to me. Um, College football, obviously, locally, nothing really to talk about. we still got a while till the bowl games. I think we got a couple weeks till that. I think the 17th uh, are some bowl games start. Um, And then college hoops, not a lot going on here in Virginia, kind of D.C. area this week. I mean, a couple I pointed out. I mean, you got UVA at JMU on Tuesday, ODU at William & Mary, and the Navy at Mason all happening Tuesday. But the rest of the week, not a whole lot in college basketball. We're still so early in the college basketball season where we haven't even gotten into conference play yet. So it's kind of boring at times throughout the beginning of the year. But I'll tell you, Mason, really bad loss to ODU uh, the other day, the game I went to, of course. Uh, So, yeah, game that they should have won. Uh, Let's hit up the final lap. 90 seconds. Some quick analysis on some big stories in sports outside of D.C. Here we go. Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincy are the four teams competing in the college football playoff. Mike, crazy games this weekend. Well, one game was crazy, I'd say, and the other one was more of like, all right, a little unexpected, Michigan-Iowa, but Georgia-Bama game, I, I I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't see it coming either. Obviously, right now, I would say that Georgia and Bama are favored to get into the college football championship. But when you're looking at it, that Michigan-Georgia game is going to be crazy because I think Michigan right now has scored over 40 points in three straight games. They're hot right now. Um, the Detroit Lions, speaking of hot, first win of the season, walk-off touchdown Sizzling. versus the Vikings. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you're Kirk Cousins and the Vikings and you throw for like 380 yards and you can't beat the Lions – Mike Zimmer has to be on the hot seat. He has to be simmering. Zimmer has to be simmering right now. Very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Uh, And I say that as a Lions fan. (laughs) Notre Dame will play Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl in Marcus Freeman's head coaching debut for Notre Dame. Not very often you get a guy uh, leaving the program and Brian Kelly before the final game of the season. And so Notre Dame will play uh, in the Fiesta Bowl with a brand-new coach, Mike. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing to see. I mean, literally, honestly, I'm, I'm just so pissed off at Oklahoma State for having, like, 10 chances from the one-yard line and can't run it in. Their defense is great, but that Baylor loss was embarrassing. Mark Turgeon out at Maryland. I know on the contender they did a whole special. Bill Rowland talked about it, so we won't spend too much time on it. But I was a little surprised, were you? I was a little bit because uh, I think you mentioned it uh, perfectly in our group text. You said Maryland fans are just ruthless, and they bullied him out of there because there are a lot of uh, high-profile Maryland fans. Look at SVP, uh, some local radio guys as well. I mean, a lot of these guys are are not big fans of Turgeon because of many years now in the Big Ten where they just haven't really been contenders to take the Big Ten. So I'm not really surprised whatsoever. And then last but not least, MLB lockout begins. Uh, but right before the lockout, of course, you had Max Scherzer, the biggest news here locally, um, signing a deal with the Mets. So we will be seeing plenty of Mad Max this season. Uh, you got Javi Baez to the Tigers, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon to Texas. Kind of a wild flurry of moves right before the lockout, Mike. Uh, but Max Scherzer, a Mets. I don't love it. I don't love it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't love it either. But I think it's so funny that some people, you know, some callers on radio, local radio and different things of that nature are saying like, man, if you don't pay your stars, like, Max Scherzer is not you know, 21 years old. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's like 38 to 37 years old, and the Mets are paying him a hundred. They're paying him like 44 million a year. You really? And think the Mets that, are going for it. Like, the Mets want to try to win a World Series. The Nats are not in a position to win a World Series right now. There's no point in signing right. a guy at his age to a big 150 plus million dollar deal at this point. It's just, it would be, yeah. It's like, all right, cool. We have Max Scherzer. There's nobody else on this team, so we really want to see Max Scherzer get 15 wins and Patrick Corbin get two. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point <laughs> about Max Scherzer being on. I saw some people 
talking about burning his jersey and stuff like that. It's like, what are you, uh, okay. what are you Re- talking about? Re- Re- relax. I don't understand yeah. that. But that's, that's the thing about Scherzer, though. If we paid him that much money, that's more money than we paid him in his prime, which right. would make zero sense. So, yeah. again, those are the type of people that don't understand uh, you know, the, the, the process of turnover in baseball. Yeah, you just don't. He doesn't fit into the current program for the Washington Nationals. So uh, it it will suck to see him pitch against us. That's for sure. Uh, It will be a huge game the first time that he comes back to Nets Park and pitches in a Mets uniform. That'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Um, Let's move to some trivia here, Mike's trivia corner. Every episode, uh, and we've introduced some Detroit sports trivia because I have the exact same game Mike does just in the (laughs) Detroit. Uh, version so I got last week right you got last week right and here's the thing Mike has a lot more leeway for the Detroit stuff because he doesn't follow these teams like I do Um, it's a little different because I am a fan of DC teams obviously I'm doing a DC sports podcast so you get a little more leeway but uh, you've you've performed pretty well I've got a question for you here Uh, I'll go first so and I will give you a hint right off the bat after I read the question trading Prince Fielder moved Miguel Cabrera to first base Clearing the way for what rookie to step in as the starting third baseman for the 2014 Tigers? Um, and my wow. hint to you is this player is still playing, obviously. He's in the National... Well, actually, he was in the National League last season. He may or may not be a free agent right now. Pretty sure he is. Um, oh. But, uh, but yeah, he was on a National League team last year and I think maybe the year before. And uh, he is a free agent right now. I'll read the question one more time. Trading Prince Fielder moved Miguel Cabrera to first base, yep. clearing the way for what, what rookie to step in as a starting third baseman for the 2014 Tigers. Feel free to ask any questions. Uh, which team was he on for last season or the season before? Because that's that's really the only way I'm sure. going to know. Cincinnati. Oh, Jesus. Who watches Reds games? And I will say right now, I don't think he is still an infielder. I'm pretty sure he's in the outfield now. Oh, dear Lord. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's... Give me the initials. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here, I'll throw a couple other hints at you. Right-handed bat. um, Flashy player. And played, yeah, played on on Cincinnati. Um, Free agent bat right now that some teams definitely might be looking at. Um... Are there any other hints? Okay, first name starts with an N. Well, N. N. Last name starts with a C. Not Nelson Cruz. Not Nelson Cruz, but that does start with an N and a C. (laughs) It's an N and a C, and he's a right-handed hitter. He's a relatively young guy. Is is his name Nelson? It's not Nelson. (laughs) Ooh. What country is he from? <laughs> I think he's from Hispanic country because his last name is Hispanic. What was his mom's name? There might be double L's in his last name. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm out. I don't know. I have, <laughs> That's I have, okay. I have zero clue. Zero clue. I mean, I, I can't blame possibly. you for not knowing the great Nicholas Castellanos. Oh, uh, for, okay. For the well, I know you okay. know him as a player, but it's not yes. like you follow his career very closely. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know his his uh, origins. Yes, Castellanos. Uh, was a Detroit Tigers. It's crazy to think J.D. Martinez and Nicholas Castellanos were both on a Detroit Tigers team uh, with Miguel Cabrera, and they still couldn't win a World Series. A lot of people uh, were on the Detroit Tigers and couldn't that's win That's very Series. true. Uh, all right, hit me with some <laughs> D.C. trivia, please. Here we go. Here we go. Nat's question. Again, this is the card Ooh, that has I been like the Nat's best questions. so far. This is a great card. Um, all right, here we go. So okay. 
The Nats question is, what member of the Nationals won the National League Comeback Player of the Year Award in 2007? It's a very difficult question, but I think you have a good chance at it because now you, you know the early Nats uh, teams. Right. So that is very early. Yeah, that's uh, two years in. Two years in. Some names from those early teams. There was Nick Johnson. There was... Oh yeah, I have, his jer- I have his jersey. I have Nick Johnson's jersey, twenty-four. Classic throwback. Ryan Zimmerman was on this team. Oh, was he? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was. He was, yeah, Mister National. Um, he had like Levon Hernandez on this team. Olivo. Good Olivo. Chad Cordero. Chad Cordero for sure. Nigel. He was Morgan. only good for that first year, so I don't think it's him. I don't think it's Zimmerman. It could be Levo. I don't know for sure. What about Niger uh, Morgan? I don't think it's Niger Morgan. <laughs> um, I think Soriano was only around for the first season, and then I think he was gone after that. Can you believe, on a side note, Niger Morgan? Like he might have the the dumbest play ever in MLB history. Well, yeah, for sure, one of <laughs> one of the worst. And then he and then he did pretty well in Milwaukee for a little bit. Um, man, this is this is an interesting one because yeah, I remember some of those names. I don't remember anyone particularly having like a comeback player of the year worthy uh, stat line. So I'm just gonna have to go with like a name that it could be. Um, you can ask a question if you'd like, sir. Okay, that's true. Uh, was it a p- pitcher or a position player? It is a position player. Okay, all right, that's good because uh, I don't know that many pitchers from the team. Um, okay. He did play for your Detroit Tigers. Oh, okay. Well, you just gave it away. That's my that's my guy, Dimitri Young. Then. <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> I loved Dimitri, and I loved the fact that he played for both teams, uh, Detroit and the Nats, because I he was I I always liked him because he was a chunky guy, first baseman, uh, a little bit of flash here and there. wasn't very good. He was a comeback player of the year worthy good, but he wasn't like MVP worthy good. Um, but yeah, he was on those early Nats teams, and then his uh, brother Delman Young, of course, with the famous hit against the Tigers in the playoffs um, on, on, while he was on the Orioles. So uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Dimitri Young. Haven't thought about that name for a while. Well, I had, a, sure. I had a feeling that you uh, were not going to get on the right track. So no, I no, no, no. I, I was going <laughs> to say like Nick Johnson or something like that. So right. Um, good one. We will round out the show with the money line. Sponsored by Uh Bad week for me. Good week for Mike. He's back in front by two picks at 13 and 11. I'm 11 and 13. Uh, failed the Georgia pick. I mean, man, I mean, I even bet 20 bucks on that game. Georgia just crapped the bet. Uh, oh, yeah. And I don't bet 20 bucks often. I'm a small better. And I was like, all right, six and a half. Georgia's going to win by at least a touchdown. Got my territory. It's yeah, I know. I was like, this is it. This is gonna happen. I, there's a guy following TikTok who gives out bets, and he had been on a heater, and he said that one. And I was like, all right, man. Uh, he's he, he like said in his TikTok, he's like, bet bet your mortgage on this or something. I was like, all right, I'll bet twenty bucks, but uh, and it didn't work. So it was pretty. I pissed. saw a guy on TikTok that actually bet a thousand dollars on the Detroit Lions to win. Wow, money, money line, and they won. Wow. <laughs> I was like, man, what the, what kind of set of brass balls that guy has. Yeah, that's a uh, somebody with some a thousand dollars to just throw away, I guess. But <laughs> hey, good for him for getting it. Um, so my picks of the week here, my lock 
I'm going to say bounce back game for the Vikings. Well, the St- it, it's interesting. So the Steelers obviously beating the Ravens was huge. Um, you were all over that on the money line. Um, but I think the Vikings come back from that loss, and I believe they're at home. Yes. I, I, I could yes. be mistaken. So I'm thinking they get the win over the Steelers. Three and a half is the line there. Um, and I'm just I'm confident. I know the Vikings are very up and down this year. But I think this will be an up. I think you come back from the Lions, you go, man, we got to win this week. I, I'm taking Vikings over the Steelers by three and a half. My dog, not a lot of college football yet for another week or so, but one very awesome game that is always a, a pleasure to watch every year is Army-Navy. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Army's favored by seven and a half in this one. I'm not saying I've studied a lot of Navy-Army football this season, but I'm going Navy. I'm going with the dogs. I'm going Navy, seven and a half they have to cover there. So, um or uh, that's the spread is seven and a half army. So, uh, so I'm going with the dogs there. Navy. I'm going to say they're they're going to get it done, Mike. I, I I know nothing about Navy. I couldn't name one player on the team. They're going to get it done. They're going to cover that seven and a half. <laughs> See, I definitely love that game because it's always fun to watch because you got the cool helmets and all these different different unis and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, you got all the uh, all the students. Uh, and cadets and all them that are always out there in full force. And it's obviously like the only game going on, so everyone watches right. that game. Uh, Navy, uh, they've struggled a lot this season and also last season. They did have a couple good games. They actually took Cincinnati down to the wire, um, so that was good as well. But they also did get blown out by a couple other teams that they should have been a lot closer to. Uh, but this game is going to be a run fest. So, Honestly, uh, I don't know what the over-under is right now, but I believe that it's going to be pretty low scoring uh, because obviously Navy's going to get up for this game and everything like that. I, I thought that Navy would be a good pick, um, but I, I didn't really want to choose Army uh, for my lock because of the sole fact that I'm a, my family has a lot of Navy people, so I want to root right. for the Navy, uh, the midshipmen there. But uh, anyway, so not bad picks for you. I did go 2-0 this past week. I got... I got hooked there by uh, Harbaugh with uh, the, the, the Ravens right. for some reason going for it there. Um, but I'm going to go with my lock, the Bengals. Yeah, both over. Harbaugh's helped you with your picks because you had Michigan yeah, winning. Actually, true. Had, I didn't even see that. And then you had that. the other Harbaugh uh, screw it up for you. So there yeah. you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I thought we saw. I thought Mike Tomlin was uh, was definitely gonna co- go up for that game, and uh, I was a little worried early on because they said T.J. Watt wasn't playing uh, with COVID or something like that again. So, but then they ended up activating him, and he made a huge difference at the end of that game. Uh, so my lock is the Bengals uh, one point faves over the San Francisco 49ers, who screwed my pickums. Thank you a right. lot, to Kyle Shanahan. I appreciate you losing to the Seattle Seahawks, who scored <laughs> 30 points like combined the last five weeks, and then you let them throw. It's awesome. Oh, embarrassing anyways uh Bengals over San Fran I think the Bengals uh, have a bounce back week I think they got demolished by the Chargers and they are a little uh underwhelmed by that and I think that when you're looking at this game uh the Bengals their running attack Joe Mixon has been pretty on point Jamar Chase oh, yeah. can it can it can blow up the scene at any moment so I'm hoping the Bengals can cover that one point spread pretty much just win outright it's a pick game for the most part uh and then my dogs I'm gonna take uh this, this is gonna be a, a big swing for our our, our, our picks here I'm going to take the Steelers again as the dogs plus three and a half. I don't want to take a money line right now because honestly, you know, like you said, the Vikings, this is a toss up game because the Vikings can obviously come out here and say, we just lost the lions. We got to prove something (laughs) now. Uh, But obviously when the pressure is on your back, sometimes you make a little bit more mistakes. And with Mike Zimmer and, and the whole entire uh, coaching carousel that might be happening in Minnesota this past off or this off season coming up, I think that it might be uh, a situation in Minnesota. So they got a lot of pressure on them. And also the Steelers, when you're looking at 
the uh, standings right now. They're in third place in the NFC in the AFC North, excuse me, six five and one. So they got to make some make some ground up here against the Ravens and company. Uh, and that Lions tie is really killing them. So uh, that that's <laughs> right. a, that's a big thing. So thanks uh, Rudolph for uh, for tying for the Steelers. But hey, right now Big Ben led them in that game, and hopefully uh, Deontay Johnson, my boy, can keep going. Najee Harris though, Najee Harris has been amazing over the last like five games. By the way. It's been incredible, and and I think also the critics of Big Ben earlier in the year were kind of misguided. I think he was actually playing better than what people were saying, yeah. um, and I think, like you said, I think the Steelers are a little bit of a sleeper team there. Um, so that that's that's big. Mike and I don't often pick on the same game, so that will yeah. be a fun one. We'll both be having our eyes on Vikings Steelers sleeper draft weekend, pick, for sure. sleeper draft pick, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, the pit yeah you've been all over that one. Going yeah. to the Steelers. Hey, if I get that, I would love to have a bet on that. I would bet 100 bucks right now on that. Right, right. Hey, you, hey I mean, I'm sure pit, it's out there. Pit, pit people love pit players. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I was looking back at our uh, Washington football team record predictions, and they're still possible. Now, you need the team to win out. You were 11-6, and six, you predicted. I said 10-7. and seven. Um, So right now, uh, six losses for this football team. So you need them to just win out the rest of the season. I got at least a loss as a wiggle room. But right. going back and looking at some of our crystal ball stuff, obviously a lot were based around Ryan Fitzpatrick and things like that. Chase but hey, <laughs> we both said no to the NFC one seed. Uh, we both said no to the NFC championship game. Uh, so we said no to a lot of stuff, but we'll see what happens there. Well, I like, uh, how, I like how most of those picks that we did early on, obviously Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick out for the year, Chase Young out for the year now, Curtis Samuel yeah. didn't play for like six weeks. It's like, all right, those were ruthless. Oh, but it was, fun. It, was, it was fun at the time. It was. The NFL, man. The NFL. Uh, big game Sunday. We're looking forward to that. Uh, big games for all the teams this week. Caps trying to get back on track. Uh, the Wizards definitely trying to get back on track. Um, and uh, we'll be talking about all that next week and hopefully talking about a Washington football team win. That will be big. Um, besides that, people, follow us on social media, as I mentioned, at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16 for Mike's account, and download the Contender app, like Mike said earlier. It's a... Uh, Great way to support us and support what we're trying to do. Um, and you can listen to us and listen to us do live shows like Mike was doing the pregame show on Sunday. And we do postgame shows sometimes and, and all that good stuff. So go download Contender app. It's completely free. Um, nothing. You just make an account and that's it. Actually, you don't even have to make an account. You just download the app. It's super, super <laughs> easy. Um, so de- download the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. And you can listen to us and the other content on uh, on for DC sports and Chicago sports and things like that. Besides that, people, we will see you next week. Let's get this win. Washington football team, Dallas week. Dallas week, baby. We'll see what happens. Go get them Christmas trees. (laughs) Go get them Christmas trees. Go get that white tree with the blue lights. We'll see you next time (laughs) on the DC Crossover.